AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Caroline. And I'm Kristen. Kristen, you know that feeling in your gut that's not indigestion? I was like, I was about to go there. The one that tells you to go one way over another or trust one person over another. Are you talking about intuition? Oh my God. You just intuited I that. Int- yeah, I intuited that. You, you looked at my face and you were like, I know what my friend Caroline is thinking. And then I looked down at my notes and it said intuition. Indeed. And <laughs> intuition is like your brain on autopilot since you know me. Mm-hmm. You were just thinking like, okay, well, let's, what are the circumstances? What could she be thinking about? Yeah. And we feel it probably in our guts because there are a lot of nerve endings in our guts. Mm -hmm. So much so that some doctors refer to it as our second brain in our belly. belly. (laughs) Um, Well, it's actually has nothing to do with your belly. Okay. Even though you get these feelings in your gut. Okay. Yeah, it, uh, they seem like they're coming out of nowhere, but they actually begin with a perception of something going on around you that your brain picks up on subconsciously. And Professor Gerard Hodgkinson of the Center for Organizational Strategy, Learning and Change mm. at Leeds University Business School. <sighs> Take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> he actually cites the example of a Formula One driver mm-hmm. who, um, he braked sharply when nearing a turn without knowing why. 
you know, normally race car driving, you're supposed to be fast. Yeah. And he just braked and he wasn't exactly sure why. And his intuition ended up saving him because he avoided a pileup on the track ahead. Right. And Hodgkinson says that what's going, what was going on in the Formula One race car driver's brain was that it was drawing on past experiences and external cues to make a decision. Because come to find out later, the external cue that he saw without even realizing that he saw it was the look of panic on the fans' faces toward the pileup, seeing right. what was coming ahead if he had barreled onward instead of putting on the brakes. Right. They ended up playing the tape back, and he realized that they were all looking away from him instead of cheering him on. So something in his brain picked up on that and told him to slow down. Yeah, and uh, some psychologists refer to this process as a mental matching game as well, in which the brain, again, on that autopilot, like you said, Caroline, matches new experiences to old emotional states. And it reminds me of that olfactory trigger mm-hmm. that we have, like how a just a, a scent of, say, chocolate chip cookies can bring up a vivid memory right. from childhood. Or I frequently get flashbacks to my cafeteria in elementary school. I don't know why so many th- things smell like that. Yeah, but something where you're not even, you're, it's a totally subconscious thing, not even trying to catch this whiff. And all of a sudden you have this overwhelming experience. And I think that we could liken that to the overwhelming urges that we get with intuition. Right. But I don't think race car drivers are the only ones to experience this. Oh, no. Oh, no. We all have intuition, but there seems to be this idea that women have a stronger sense of intuition. Women's intuition. Women's intuition. Yes. It's a stereotype that women, I think because of our nurturing, caregiving characteristics, Mm -hmm. or at least the titles that have been, those titles that have been given to us, uh, means that we are better endowed and better tapped into our emotional states and therefore other people's emotional states. Right. I mean, historically, we haven't been exposed to the same levels of education, Mm -hmm. uh, the same access to the technical, technical world that men have. Um, we've been more relegated to the roles of observer and caregiver. Right. So we kind of do, historically, we kind of have spent our time watching people. Right. And so that's where the stereotype of women's isu- intuition comes from. But as we started researching whether or not it is a myth or reality, we uncovered some really interesting patterns of how gender stereotypes and the social expectations and motivations that those trigger in us can really influence, um, I, I guess, our, our mental states and how we behave and respond. Right. Yeah. Women, it's, I guess it's all about your motivation. That's what a lot of these researchers say. Mm-hmm. Uh, William Ix, a University of Texas at Arlington psychology professor, uh, has the quote, uh, women will display greater accuracy in guessing thoughts and emotions than men when their empathetic motivation is engaged by situational cues that remind them that they as women are expected to excel at empathy related tasks. And that's probably why you can find a number of studies saying that yes, women are better with nonverbal communication. They might exert higher levels of something called emotional intelligence, which is sort of like intuition in action, how you sense other people and respond to other people and especially different nonverbal cues. And so therefore they say that women are better at picking up on subtle emotional cues. And this must be 
a byproduct of our lower social power and role of as observers, like you just talked about. No, it's not a silver lining. (laughs) It's a myth. Oh, what? Let's bust it. Yeah, word. (laughs) What? Break it down. I just made a some kaboom hands. Yeah, I'm throwing back some kaboom hands. And I don't know why I'm so excited to bust this myth about women's intuition. Maybe because I'm, I don't have much of it or, or don't, <laughs> am not motivated to tap into it. But, uh, I, I thought it was pretty, pretty fascinating on how this is actually a total, total myth. Yeah. Um, the motivation that they talk about is it, it's, it's actually pretty simple if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Many surveys uh, that were meant to rate empathy levels, which empathy is related to intuition, being able to read people. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually, some of them started with leading questions. Like, yes. are you male or female? And that's what William X is talking about when he says that women were reminded right. to respond in a feminine way. Mm-hmm. Like, how how would you as a woman respond? Uh, so if it's asking, if the study was asking, are you male or female? Women would be like, oh, yes, oh. I have great intuition <laughs> because I am a woman. Therefore, right. I'm expected to. Mm-hmm. And it took Ix a little while to figure out what was going on here because at first he performed seven studies of empathetic accuracy and found no statistically significant difference between men and women. Right. They were doing all these blind tests on students, both male and female, figuring out like how, how empathetic they were um, and whether or not they could just looking at say a picture of three people figure out like who is the relationships between them, who's mm-hmm. the father and son, things like that. And he said, Whoa, wait a minute. There's no difference. <laughs> Women and men are, are just as good at, at sussing out these nonverbal cues. And there was also, this is another interesting thing. There was also no difference in dyads. In other words, if you paired up female to female, male to female, male to male, still no gender differences emerged whatsoever. But then something happened. Right. In the last three studies, they, they slightly changed the questions, the way they were asking the questions in these empathy studies. Um, instead of just saying what I thought the relationship was, I would mm-hmm. then have to say also how accurate I thought my assessment of the situation was. And so suddenly I, as the subject, am being made aware, um, oh, well, they're, they must be judging my empathy, exactly. my ability to guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once people figured out, the participants were allowed to know what they were being rated on, and in this case, the empathy, which we associate as some kind of female trait, then the gender difference emerged. And so Ix says they f- were able to pinpoint that, and he said we could actually turn off, going back and doing studies after they figured this out, he said we could turn off the gender difference by removing the cue that signaled that this was an empathetic ability task. And while, yes, intuition and empathy are two different things, you got to understand that they are still in the same family. It's right. all in the same psychological family. Right, because in- intuition we've talked about is being able to pick up on things without even realizing it. And empathy, you know, being able to understand not only people you care about, but even the average stranger next to you on the bus, being mm-hmm. able to kind of sense what they're feeling yeah, if they're going to attack you <laughs> or if it's just a hug. Are they just going for a hug or is, am side, I going to get stabbed? Hopefully a side hug. Yeah. Um, but one other way that you can turn off, as Ix would say, that gender difference for intuition, and this was discovered by a pair of researchers, Christy Klein and Sarah Hodges at the University of Oregon, 
one way to turn off that gender difference as well is to incentivize things a little bit. Getting rich. Yeah. And by that, I mean paying people Mm -hmm. for performance. The more accurate your empathy in these tests, then the more participants could earn. And boy, did that kick the male participants' motivation into high gear. And again, it leveled the playing field. Yeah, it showed that men can be just as empathetic and intuitive as women can, as long as there's some sort of... Uh, money involved, but money's not the only thing that can flip that switch. Caroline, you got another, you got another kind of, kind of funny uh, motivator. I do. Apparently, you can just make stuff up uh, to convince people to be more empathetic. It's sort of a placebo effect, maybe. Yes, Let's it not is. say making pill. stuff up. It's Go a sugar on. pills because it's, it's sweet. It's <laughs> sweet like a sugar it is pill. Sweet. This is a very sweet, a sweet switch. Enlighten us. I will. According to Cordelia Fine. Uh, after reading an essay that said men who were more in touch with their feminine sides got lucky with women more often, uh, men actually perform better on empathy tests. Yeah, it brought it out. It enhanced that motivation. And Cordelia Fine talks about this a lot in her book, The Delusions of Gender. And she basically says that social expectations will create motivation gaps between men and women that right. explain women's intuition and why on n- numerous tests that don't control for that kind of gender influence, we'll find over and over again that women are excelling at nonverbal communication, intuition, empathy, sympathy, things like that. Yeah, because we're so nice, so nice women. So yeah, going along with what uh, Cordelia Fine said about the uh, the male sensitivity attracting women mm-hmm. passage. Mm-hmm. Um, Carlin Flora of Psychology Today wrote that uh, if you are highly motivated to understand people, your intuitions about them will be better. So if you think you're getting paid or if you think you're getting laid, <laughs> you're going to be more empathetic. Or if you think that you simply should be right. better at something. Mm-hmm. And this reminds me of uh, how there might be something called a stereotype threat that holds women back from performing better in science and math courses because there um there's this notion that girls in the classroom don't expect to do very well mm-hmm. in math and science they expect to do better at verbal and Cordelia Fine actually mentions that like in some studies where they ask the, the women straightforward like what are they better at they'll always, regardless of their test scores, they'll say that they're better at verbal. Right. And that's if they were primed ahead of time by the question, uh, male or female. Right. What's your gender? Because that then establishes those kind of, those stereotypes. So I thought that this, uh, this empathy motivation gap is sort of the, the other side to that stereotype threat coin, or maybe mm-hmm. just another side of that Rubik's cube. <laughs> Yeah. Because there are obviously multiple so many sides to this. Sides and colors that I will <laughs> never figure out. So what about intuition in the workplace? Because, again, going back to Cordelia Fine, she asked an interesting question of if social expectations can create a motivation gap, could they also be responsible for an ability gap? And wondering how these um, different expectations and stereotypes can affect us directly in the workplace. So with intuition, it seems like it can definitely help you. Right. Women actually show a higher level of emotional intelligence, which helps them rise through the ranks uh, because they can read people. Mm-hmm. They they know what, what's going on with their employees. Yeah. Um, and women managers, this is from a study out of University of Leeds, women managers who show higher emotional intelligence and have a more intuitive decision-making style 
are more likely to influence change. So it's not a trait that we should necessarily shy away from because it can actually be a very powerful tool in the workplace. And this is just focused on women. I have a feeling that male managers who tap into that higher emotional intelligence and intuitive decision-making style would also be able to better influence change. Because basically, it, it says that, hey, you got good people skills. Yeah. You actually care about your employees and want to make create a harmonious working environment while transforming right. the yeah, culture. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you think about a boss you've had who doesn't listen to what you say, doesn't care what the employees want, just it's my way or the highway. Mm-hmm. You typically feel happier to work for someone who's more willing to hear you out, right. you know, understand what everybody needs, that kind of thing. But once again, in order to not pigeonhole us into back into this women's intuition box, because mm-hmm. while it is an excellent tool, I think that it is time for the stereotype to to maybe at least expand out to the guys. Guys, sure. take advantage of this powerful tool. It's not it's not just for us. But going back to the workplace, while we might exert higher levels of emotional intelligence, studies have also found, though, that that does not make us any less analytical than male non-managers. Right. Overthinking. Yeah. And w- it seems like the best balance you could have would be a little bit of analysis, a little bit of intuition, mix it all up, and you got a, a magic potion. A great boss. You're <laughs> drinking magic potion of intuition. Yes, a potion for the corner office. Man, Ooh. I should probably, let's, maybe we should go home and mix some of that up, Caroline. <laughs> uh, Dish this podcast. I think we just found the secret to success. I, I don't want to make anyone sick, though. Um, what from all those gut feelings? Yeah. <laughs> Mixing up too many gut feelings. <laughs> just circling it back, you know? Yeah, exactly. Bringing it full circle. But yeah, I mean, just the same way that you don't want to be someone who's all about snap judgments and intuition. Cause mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's wrong. You, you also don't want to overthink things. Right. And, and just be paralyzed by self doubt and, oh my God, which one is better? Which one is worse? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, combine them. You've probably been in a similar situation before. Just. Think about it. Right. And, and I'm not, I'm not railing on the women's intuition stereotype because I necessarily think it's a bad thing. There are certainly far worse gender sure. stereotypes yes, indeed. that we can bust. I just found it uh, a really great example of just how those motivations and expectations can build up into such a strong, um, and even supposedly scientifically confirmed stereotype, you know, Mm -hmm. and it all depends on just how you turn those keys. Are you priming for gender? Mm -hmm. Are you priming for, you know, women are the the nurturing observers or aren't you? And seeing how those results can change. I think another interesting thing about busting this myth is that uh, it just shows, hey, dudes, you can be intuitive also. You can pay attention to emotions. It's fine. And yeah, it, it's because it's not, we just took the pressure off. It's not an inherently feminine trait. Exactly. Awesome. We can all be intuitive and maybe get paid and get laid. <laughs> Intuition is asexual. That's right. We're really selling it. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew we'd get this excited? I have, uh, no, I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, I think that, I think that about covers it. I feel like we have ground this not only busted it but ground it into a fine dust with ostinato heels yes um but but sensible heels sensible <laughs> uh, so in the meantime why don't we why don't we read a couple of listener emails let's do it all right well i've got one here from david and he has this is one of the favorite my favorite things that 
a guy who's written us in a long time. And he says, Dear Kristen and Caroline, thanks so much for that douche podcast. You're I, welcome. I really shouldn't have listened to it as I drank a smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> but moving on. As far as the girls who are aggressors in dating oh, podcasts. Okay, yeah, he took switch. Wow. All right. <laughs> he got our attention though. Uh, he said, I believe I'm the anomaly. All four of the meaningful, romantic, heteronormative relationships in my life have started out with girls asking me out. I've never successfully started a relationship by asking a girl out, and it usually ends up in a friend date or never gets off the ground. Been there, Dave. Mm -hmm. I think there is definitely a confidence issue. When I do go out on a limb and ask a girl out, I feel like I'm pretending to be someone else and generally can't maintain that level of confidence through the courting period. A girl asking me out inspires the confidence that it takes to get a shy guy into action. Of course, all of my meaningful relationships have been with women with serious emotional issues, which ultimately led to their end. So maybe this is not the best method of dating. I noticed that more was expected of me in these relationships because I wasn't the one to initially show interest and I was expected to continually reaffirm my attraction. Interesting hmm. observation, David. Very interesting. Just my experience. Thanks. Well, thank you. Oh, the wheels are turning now. I know. Caroline, you want to read the email? I would love to read this email from Erin in response to the Marrying Our Parents podcast. She says, I am one of those girls who married a man who was like her father. Sometimes I look at my husband and I think, holy cow, he has a lot of the same personality traits. I always thought that it was crazy that a girl would marry a man like her father. But as the years have gone on, I realized that it is okay. My dad is a great man. He and I are close, so close that I joke I am the son he never had. One day when my dad is gone, I can look at my husband and be reminded of why I chose to marry him. You know, when I think about the, the marrying your father, it, I, I think that's going to be impossible for me because I'm so much like my dad. It would be like marrying myself. You know, that would be a lot of me. I think my dad and I both have a temper sometimes. <laughs> We should not marry each other than Caroline. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, get away from let's me. Let's stay away from Vermont. Uh, yeah. um, so if you have an email to send our way, momstuffathowstuffworks.com is the address. And you can also hit us up on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. And finally, you can check out our blog during the week. It's Stuff Mom Never Told You at howstuffworks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House to Fork staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The House to Fork's iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 